Welcome to Texas Franchise Radio, where your hosts, Josh Cherry and Robbie Marlowe, bring you all things franchising in the Texas market. Franchising is one of three growth strategies businesses can use to expand and capture market share. Effective when done right. But there's a lot to this dynamic business model. Learn from others in the industry as we bring on all levels of franchise operators and experts. Yo, you ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business, well this is what you need. Repping Texas, they professionals up in the industry. What we talking about? We talking business models, investing franchises. We going full throttle, learn about the industry. I know you got the questions, we're trying to help you grow and take it to the All right, good morning. Facebook Live, Texas Franchise Radio listeners on the radio. Uh, this is Robbie Marlowe, your co-host. I got Joshua Cherry with me. What's up, Conroe and Facebook? How are you guys today? All right, we got a special guest with us today. He has the nickname the Fran Man. I'm not. We're gonna find out how he gets that nickname because it takes some. Uh, you know, if you're gonna call yourself the Fran Man, the Fran Man. Yeah, that so, carries some weight. Yeah, carries some weight. So we're gonna see get a little story behind the Fran Man. But we got Kit Vincent with us. Hey, how is everybody doing? Thanks for having me, guys. Excellent radio voice. Too. You can be our podna. Isn't that what you call it? <laughs> Podners. Yeah, Podners. Yeah, yeah. you got to say it right. Podner. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk, you know, we kind of help three groups with this radio show, or we look to service those three groups. Business owners looking to scale through franchising, which I think is the best way to scale. Uh, people looking to invest in a franchise and people who have already invested into a franchise system and just looking to get some tips, tricks, kind of listen to the guests we bring on. Scaling through franchise, great model. Also brings with it some very unique challenges. Unique challenges, that's the least you can say about it because it's challenges you don't really see when you're trying to run your just regular business. You know, me and Josh, we were in the franchise business and jumping into the fran. Uh, we were in the fitness business. Did I say franchise business? Yep. Okay, we're in the fitness business. We're in the franchise business now. This is live. You can't make mistakes like I that. know, I know, and I'm probably red right now. <laughs> if, you, if you're watching Facebook Live, the, the, the redness of Rob's Ooh. face. Uh, but we were in the fitness business and how much difference how much, what's the biggest difference between the fitness business and when we jumped into franchising? I think, and you know, there's real advantages to scaling through franchising, right? You get to use other people's time and capital, which seems like, like you said, like it's really the best method. There's nothing more American about it than growing or scaling through franchising. Sounds awesome. You get to, you get to help people accomplish the dream they want to accomplish. You get to help more of the end users and you get to scale using people's time and capital. But with that comes some really uh, just built-in intrinsic challenges. Kid, I've heard you talk about on your podcast before the owner mentality or the buying mentality when you sell somebody a franchise, when they buy something and psychologically what they think that means versus sure. trying to actually scale a franchise properly. It's That's very tricky. Sales, sales talk. You want to stay, I coach people to stay away from sales talk because exactly what you said, people talk about I'm, I'm selling a franchise or I bought a franchise. And when you buy something, if I buy this pen, I feel like it's mine. And if I feel like it's mine, I feel like I can do whatever I want to with it. And in, in a, as it relates to franchising, that means changing the sign, changing the trade dress. Well, it's mine. I own it because it was sold to me. I bought it. It's not really the, the case. When you look at a driver's license, for example, you don't, you don't buy a driver's license. You're granted a driver's license. The issuing authority grants you a driver's license with the understanding that you're going to follow certain rules and you and you take a, and you take a test 
to prove that you understand what those rules are. And they grant that, that license to you, and they can take it away anytime they want to. And if I go get too many tickets, they can take my license away. They can revoke that, that license. It's a privilege. It's nothing that I buy. I do pay a fee for the processing, but I'm not buying it. And so a lot of people confuse that, and they say, you know, I'm going to sell a franchise. We just sold one. I just bought one. But yeah, you did, but try to stay away from that. I coach people. Let's see, and I got this from Bob Gappa with Management 2000. The guy's a genius when it comes to franchising. He says, stay away from the sales talk. You want to grant a license. You want to award a license because it is a license. Franchising is a type of license. You know, a lot of times we hear that those that mentality or that thought process or, you know, the fact that the FTD is an incredibly one-sided document, a lot of times we hear that that's to protect the franchise or in, in a case it is, but really that it's just to protect best practices of franchising. It's to protect the franchisee, the end user, the franchisor, the entire, all the stakeholders in the economic system can only work if you have that brand consistency. Well, I think the there's a misunderstanding in from from what I've learned in my studies, the fran- the FDD was not created to protect the franchisor. The FDD was created to protect the consumer. The Federal Trade Commission says we need a way to protect the consumer. In this case, the consumer is the prospective franchisee. They're going out and they are going to invest a lot of money in something. And in the late 60s and early 70s, there were a lot of unscrupulous franchisors out there selling selling a concept that didn't that didn't even exist. And so people were dumping $30,000, $50,000, and there was nothing. And so we said, okay, we have to have a way. They said they have to have a way to protect these people. So let's require all franchisors. And, again, I'm not the franchise attorney, but I'm just from what I've read. We have to have a way to protect the, the, the consumer at this point who is the prospective franchisee. So we're going to create this disclosure document where it discloses everything in a uniform way. It used to be called the Uniform Franchise Offering Circular, UFOC. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so it's a uniform way that we can that we can that we can that we can spell out everything that we that this person is offering that this franchise concept is offering in a way that I can take not just two burger joints and compare them, but I can take a burger joint and a and a fitness center and I can come and I can lay them side by side two UFOCs at that time or FDDs now and I can read item one, item two, item three, and I can really compare apples to apples with two companies and very so it was designed to protect the not the franchisor but the franchisee man look at that i didn't think we're gonna get a history lesson today on the radio (laughs) show but (laughs) hey hey, we appreciate it kit i just want to remind everybody we're on facebook live you have any questions please drop them into the uh comments below uh if you have a question for kit josh or i uh just let us know but uh, it kind of brings me into the next thing i kind of want to talk about and we heard it first from one of our uh, business coaches, and it talked about when it comes to franchising, it's like three legs of a stool. And if you don't have those three legs of a stool, what happens? The yeah. franchise falls down. It don't work. It don't. It don't flow right. And sales, right. And, I, and I guess one of the kind of terminology we use in franchise is sales. And I guess that's why outside people think being a franchise salesman is selling. And, and like y'all said, it's not really. It's granting a license. But the other two parts was development. Uh, you could call it development instead of sales. Yeah, it's been I've seen that a couple of times, kind of called franchise development. So we'll just use it for here. We'll no, call, everyone says sales. You're not going to get away from it. But. Okay. 
I was going to try to plant my flag right here on the radio sure, show. Yeah, it's not Watch out, IFA. We're changing yeah. the lingo. <laughs> yeah, we're changing <laughs> the power trio right here, right now. Everybody says sales. You're not going to so, get The three stools are sales. The other one is operations. And the third one is finance. And kind of getting a hold of all three of those is really what you need to do on your franchise into the business. Now, the business you run day to day, what you're trying to franchise the three things probably are going to be kind of the same sales, whatever you're doing as sales operations, daily operations, uh, customer fulfillment, but also finance, but it's a little bit different. It's kind of set up a little different on the franchise because there's so many layers when you're dealing with the franchise business, you got the headquarters operations, internal operations on how do you deliver the, um, the, the content or what you're, what you're licensing out. Mm-hmm. You have the operations on the store level that you have to go out and teach. And then you have the operations of continuing training and ensuring that everything you have in the FTD document, that you're keeping that brand con- consistent right. through state lines, through territories, their neighbor, nothing's worse for a franchise is the guy right across from them doing something opposite and it's hurting the brand name. So you as a franchisor have to protect that. Um, I know Josh, you do a lot of the franchise sales or uh, the development for um, us at Delta Life Fitness and he has created a great kind of um, a way of doing it in operations. And then we do have um, operations on our level. Uh, tell us, um, just let everybody know kind of when it comes to operations, you know you know very well about the three levels of yeah. the operations that we have. Kind of walk them through everybody through that. And, and talking about what you just said with when you're running a franchise business, you have to get comfortable with it is a completely separate business model than the previous business you came from. And I think we're, we're good people to talk about this. And Kit, when we come on the Fran Man podcast, we can talk about the same thing. But I think we're good to talk about this for anybody who's potentially wanting to create a franchise or be a franchisor, or if you're in a franchise system and you feel yourself getting frustrated with some of these things, I want to explain because I think, Robbie, I think you and I and Delta Life Fitness, we've been way too far one way, and then we've shifted way too far the other way, mm-hmm. and then now we're finding our good equilibrium. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is when we first created, when we first decided to scale beyond corporate-owned units, we were running... We didn't understand that franchising is a completely separate business model. So we weren't we were not taking care of the economic model of headquarters. And that didn't allow us to be able to grow and staff up and systematize the store level operations the way we should. So and we were running basically a gym back office mm-hmm. at the time. That was the only economic model we understood. We were building everything, all of our headquarters, quote unquote headquarters support was about only creating things at the unit level. Yep. We didn't understand or have a separate plan because I think we thought that would be stealing or taking away from the units that were already operating. So we didn't want to make franchise sales a priority because yep. we thought that was taken away from stu- uh, store level operations. Then we kind of made the switch. We had Lynette McKee, if you're in the franchise industry, you know her, VP of franchising for Duncan Brands during their largest growth run. She comes in and she says, guys, we got to have a, a business model and we got to build the economic system on the, on the franchise business. Because if you don't take care of that, you're not going to have a support yeah. system for the gym. So I think at that moment we switched too far. Our pendulum <laughs> went from building stuff for the studio to let's get the franchise model down. Yeah. And it was a natural progression of when kind of and me and Josh, and I'm sure the listeners that are entrepreneurs that are business owners out there, you're probably the same way. When you see it some, uh, the better way, <laughs> You want to get there as fast as possible because you think that's going to be the vehicle of growth or you think that's going to, oh, that, that's the light bulb came off. That's going to change everything. Yeah. How do I get there? I know me and, me and Josh are the worst. Extremely about coachable. <laughs> yeah. You right. tell us one thing. You to know, a fault. Really. Yeah, to a fault. But we see it the better way and 
Josh a little bit better at the uh, communication of selling it to other people. I'm just like, hey, that's a better way. You should see it, and you should see it. Why don't you see hey, it? Let's two, get there. If two Ashburn are great, eight must be better. <laughs> so we switched from really doing the back-level units to really taking care of the franchise business. We, mm-hmm. For the first time ever, and we had heard it from Shelly Son and other people at IFA that it's you know franchising is a separate business, and we had the painting with the twist ladies tell us the same thing. But I think it really clicked with us at that point. And then we went to building an economic model that would make sense on the development side. We understood those. We were missing a significant portion of one of our legs of the stool at the franchise model. Mm -hmm. So then we fixed that. And I think just here recently, this past year, now we understand we've now we've really developed an org chart that we've got a whole system for franchising and taking care of us. Because guess what? The healthier we are the better financially stable headquarters is, the better we can support everybody else. So we're really, we have good systems now to take care of that, Mm -hmm. but we've also got a dedicated team to making sure studio operations is getting better and better documented. And we're making progress on that each and every quarter. And so now we're not perfect, but every 90 days we're committed to improving both of those systems and processes. So franchising is about figuring out a way to deliver a consistent positive experience to every customer. Who does have a heck of a radio voice? I just got to throw that out. (laughs) No, he does. He does. (laughs) Thanks. So at at every location. So if I'm in Maine or if I'm in Florida, if I'm in California, we are delivering a consistent customer experience from location to to location. And that's what that's key. And that's what you guys are focusing on. You've got to make sure because when I, there is a sale that takes place in a, in a franchise because you're selling, you're selling them on the idea of being a franchisee that's the sale that takes place mm-hmm. once that sale is made and you've convinced them that the value of your concept is worth that thirty thousand dollars plus the build out then that sale has been made then you're going to grant a franchise but that sale is made um so that sale is made and and they're buying the idea that you have a system in place to support them to help them deliver that consistent experience so that they can continue to grow as you've grown. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think with us, like starting from, like I was telling you earlier, starting from a park, going into warehouses, scaling through licenses into franchising, we constantly have to sell that idea because Yeah, but the point I was evolved. trying to make the point I was trying to make is that you're you're talking about <laughs> focusing on 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 in, in internally versus externally the fran- the franchisees. You have to develop that first. My point was that yeah. you're you're selling the idea of being a franchisee because they believe that you have a, an infrastructure in place that's going to support them as they move forward, and that's and that's kind of building on the point that you were just making. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and and kind of, I know if you already create a franchise, the next one model you create, you create for franchising. The, the hardest part, and I know that's kind of when we talked about building a back office for a, uh, a gym, it's the entrepreneurs right now, the business owners right now that says, you know what, I think scaling through franchising is what I want to do, but they necessarily didn't build the operations or build the business around franchising because it is a little different. Uh, looking at a business saying, I'm going to scale and open three units myself or I'm going to leverage other people to grow my business. And it's, um, I think that was the biggest eye-opening moment. Some, for some reason, over the last year and a half, it's really uh, the franchising really clicked for me. And I think for the whole organization, especially our organization, of what we need to do as a franchisor to better support everybody um, going forward. And I'm not sure at what moment that was when it did click, but it just like everything kind of lined together for us. And yeah. it just got very clear the vision of where we need to take 
especially internally our headquarters group. And and part of that is being okay with <clears throat> we have to make sales to 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 generate and be able to deliver a good product ourselves. Like it's mm-hmm. it's okay to be a little selfish on that. And yeah. have and, and and also support your franchisees and give them great systems, but have your franchisees understand how important and crucial the growth of the entire system is and have them yeah. support you and back you up in that. Well, it's like the difference between driving a car and then telling somebody how to drive a, a remote control car where you're telling them, okay, turn left, turn, turn right. You've got to, you've got to think it ahead of them, four steps ahead of them, mm-hmm. because if you're driving the car, you can, you can react instinctively. Yeah. But if you're having to tell them where to turn and where, when to slow down, you've, you don't, you've got to build in that time. You've got to think in advance and you've got to be. That's a great analogy. Ahead. And for anybody that's going to create an emerging brand, mm-hmm. one of the problems is if you were used to driving the car yourself mm-hmm. and you know, you didn't map out how turn three is going to go. And so the franchisee figures out his favorite way to navigate yep. turn three and it worked really well. <laughs> and other franchisees see the way he did it. And then you come back and say, no, we actually need to go out wider on turn three. You have to overturn a lot of what they had to figure out because you didn't have that. I'm telling you, if you're emerging brand, the less you have spelled out when you turn on franchising, yep. the more they are going to, out of necessity, create their own systems, and then you've got to work to overcome that. Well, it's even more than that. What happens is if you were to look at an angle, at the very beginning of that angle, both lines are touching. And if that angle is really narrow, like that really acute angle, as we move away from that from that, from the meeting point of that of that angle, those two lines move farther and farther apart. At the very beginning of this franchise relationship, you guys have have vetted the franchisee, and they've they've drunk the Kool Aid, and everybody believes in the same thing, and we're all headed in the same direction. We all have the same vision for the future of the company. Now they have been sold a franchise, and they bought it, and they believe part of it's theirs, and and the the brick and mortar is. And you're moving forward in time, and after two years, three years, five years, ten years, you're moving farther and farther apart. They have an idea about what they think the vision of the future of this company should be. Yours is the baseline. Theirs is moving this way. And if you don't have any mechanisms in place to pull them back down to your, to your vision for the direction of the company, then they're going to continue to go. And pretty soon you're going to see Delta Life Fitness, and it's going to be purple and, purple and green, and then they're going to be selling hot dogs in the in the in the lobby, and the, because they say, "Hey, people who work out, they love to eat. They need they need they need protein, so we're selling them hot dogs." It's so true. And and you're going to walk in. And it's like, what in the world is going on? And it's because you didn't have the documentation in place. You yeah. didn't have your operations manual. You didn't have your system standards documented in a way to pull them back. Because when they made that turn, yeah. when it came time to make that turn, you would have made that turn sharper. But they went out and yep. went and added hot dogs. And I think at first it's easy to get frustrated with a franchisee, but as we've grown in our journey, you kind of step back and you look and you say, that's, that's incumbent on us. This is our sure. brand. We, we have to, we have to keep doing the things to you bring didn't that put line the mechanisms in back place down to, to keep Cause it, in place. Cause it's only natural. You've right? got, you've got minimum number of tools in franchising to really keep them in place. One of them is the franchise agreement and the other is your franchise operations manual. And that's it. That's all you have to protect your brand. Whenever you franchise, you are in effect, what you're in effect handing your brand that you've worked so hard to create, you're handing it over to somebody who may or may not share the same vision. Initially, they they do, but if it's just one degree off at the beginning, in five years, it's going to be twenty sure. degrees off. And the only way you can really keep them aligned is if you're still doing the right thing. So, we, how many how many brands have we seen where that went too far, and the franchisees were actually like, there was no bringing them back together because what the franchisor wanted was hurting the franchisee, like. 
it's just, and that's why I said franchising is great because you get to scale using other people's time, money, and resources. It but has at the to same be a time, win-win, though. It, 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 and it takes, and to, to do it right and to be a good morally, ethically, financially sound franchise, it's a heck of a lot of work. A heck of a lot of leadership, a lot of communication, a lot of sales, a lot of systems and processes. It's a lot. And I think people underestimate it. I know we did. We underestimated it a wee bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit. I'm getting, I'm getting a feel of why they call this man the friend man. He's pulling out math equations. He's pulling oh, history sorry. books. Like, I mean, I, I got to say, I'm kind of I'm impressed. <laughs> the friend man. And the, the, friend and the man. voice to go with yeah, it. He's right? like, so, yeah, the friend man with the big chin. All I'm missing is the big chin and the muscles, right? <clears throat> Uh, it is. It's so much harder than you think. You know, one of the books me and Robbie just went through, it says that, you know, any... That Dr. Seuss? It was the Dr. Seuss. It's the only <laughs> okay. one me and Robbie can Seuss read. Dr. Seuss book on franchising? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will not franchise. Green eggs and ham, yeah. Uh, it said that, you know, you need a minimum of about a half million dollars to get going, and you need two to three years before that money is going to start coming back around. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we believed that. We didn't understand mm. how hard it was going to be. But see, if everybody waited till they had a million, I know, million right? Bucks and that, bank, and that's they, would, why... they would never start. And so I don't, I don't think, I don't know, I'm not the expert here, but I would say how many, I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a study done, but how many franchise concepts have been started with a half a million bucks in the bank? I don't know. Probably yeah. people in their second their second go, right? Yeah. Like well, once you know how to do it once, the second one's a lot yeah. easier. Well, and, and <clears throat> most people like we had, Quick success, like, I mean, our business was fairly young when we started seeing significant success, you know, when we leveraged, uh, I think, the golden age of Facebook. We were kind of, especially where we were at with our businesses, smaller towns, leveraging Facebook ads, uh, it wasn't a thing. So we had we had early success. Really well, really early. So Mm -hmm. with that success, we just said, what's the next? What's the next growth for us? And franchising uh, was it. Uh, Sean Greenlee, one of our mentors, took us to IFA in uh, San Antonio. What was that? couple years ago 2015 14 or 15 yeah yeah and uh we walked in that room and we were chest poked out where we 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 have these we have this model we're growing it and we went in there and we we met a lot of people that were a lot more successful than us that um you guys haven't they laughed at us because we were just a license yeah like, we you, were just you a, haven't even started to understand <laughs> franchising yet and it was true I mean, it was true it uh going in that room was kind of spurred us to do this and i think early success gave us the thought process we can we'll figure it out because business owners entrepreneurs, you know, friend, man, uh, when you're in business for yourself, there's going to come a month, a time that you're going to have to figure it out. And I think we just, and everybody thinks they're invincible. They'll figure it out. And that's what I think that's why everybody jumps in on it. And it's always the guy that already did it that says, Hey, you need 500,000. I know. Right. And that's what we'll tell the next young kid. <laughs> no, absolutely. And we wouldn't have listened if anybody would have told us that. And you know what else no. I think? I think some of the greatest products in the world are created out of something that had to happen like we did. Like I look yeah. at I look at Delta Life Fitness now that didn't have any funding when it first started. Like there's no way me and you drew this up from the no, beginning. Absolutely. We started in a park and these customers gave us feedback and we cash flowed and had to figure out so much that now we've created based off what the customer wanted yep. a really awesome product. If me and you had to sit, if somebody gave us a million dollars and said come up with the next greatest fitness concept, yeah. we 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 could have we could have had a better document. We could have been better funded. Yep. We would have been able to give better support. But at the end of the day, our product would have sucked. Well, necessity is the mother of invention. You <laughs> no, needed, you needed to have certain things, and you create. It was created out of necessity, and and it turned out to be, it it was the bobber. It, it it's yeah. the parts that it's changed. It's changed the way Steve Jobs said that the moment you realize that everything you see around you was created by men and women no smarter than you and me, then you're limitless. It's so true. It changed creating Delta Life and going through this whole mm-hmm. process of franchising it. It's changed the way when I drive down the road and I see some of these brands. 
you know, I used to think they were just rich and had all the money and whatever. Yep. Like now I understand that most of the great brands that we see around us have similar stories that started from nothing and just grew into what they are. And that's what's cool about going to IFA. We thought we were an anomaly the way we created Dust Life. And then you hear the stories of Dairy Queen that still have one page license agreements existing here in yep. Texas, you yeah. know, and you hear about like orange theory. We look up to orange theory so much, but they still have those 12 <laughs> yep. first legacy units that can kind of do whatever they want. Like you realize that all these brands you see driving down the road still had this evolution in this process to create awesome brands. Yep. And it's just, um, those brands, they're patient. And you know, that's the thing, like I'm telling you, I've, when I was uh, first in, we had, I just wanted to, where do I want to be? How do I get to the fastest? And, and really this game is not about how I get to the fastest. It's really about patience, understanding, getting customer feedback, redoing the brand. How do you deliver it? And with franchising, you got feedback coming from everywhere. You got <laughs> feedback coming from the franchisees. You got feedback coming from the HQ team. You got feedback coming Aunt from Sally. Aunt Sally. You think it, hey, you know what you need to do. Yeah, you get on the phone yeah. with a friend, man. He's giving you feedback. I mean, <laughs> you got an IFA. They tell you where you're jacked up. <laughs> so it's just, well, being able to, there's no finish line though. You're talking about no. getting there the fastest and there's no there. It's no, a, it's a process. It's not an event. Yeah. And that's what I've realized about it. The number one thing I've learned in business is that, like you said, there's sales and marketing, there's operations, um, and then there's product delivery. And whether it's the franchising side or whether it's the unit side, every 90 days, gain traction on those. Yep. Figure out which one's the weakest and improve it. And it's not, you're not going to be able to have it overnight. It's about, it's gaining traction and every 90 days improving those three things. Yeah. When I, when I say get there the fastest, like we'll, we'll see something that, hey, this could be an issue. And I'm always, how do I fix it? Even when... My wife's mad at me. How do I fix it? I make it worse. Just take how, the nail out of your head. Yeah. yeah. But how do I get it? <laughs> but how do I get it fixed the fastest? And, and there's the same thing coming when dealing with the franchisees or dealing with a customer at the store. Like, how do I fix it the fastest? And it's really one is just seeing what's wrong and it's an issue and then getting a plan and execute on that plan no matter how long it takes. Just like you said, getting traction over those three things moving forward. Well said. Do we got to take a break? We're time to take a break. We will be right back. If you have any questions for our man, somebody said, cool guest. I don't know who paid this guy to say that. <laughs> nice. but... That must be my wife. I didn't know she was listening. <laughs> as long as it's not my wife, huh, Kit? <laughs> yeah, that's right, turd. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, Tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V.org. Will you help defend the orphan? For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. 
Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5-106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension Programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Helping Texans make lives better. All right, guys, welcome back from break. We, like again, we got Robbie Marlowe here. We got Josh and the Fran Man. The Fran welcome, man. Fran Man. <laughs> this is a legend in the franchising world. I actually have a name. My name is Kit, uh, but you can call me Fran Man. It's Fran Man. Look it's up in the sky. Me and Kristen were just bird. me and Kristen were just listening through some old. Uh, we're listening to the 2015 IFA recordings. Mm-hmm. We're listening. We're building out like our field support process and program, refining that. And so, me and Kristen were listening through like some best practices. And there was one where Shelly Sun and a whole a whole panel of them were talking about having the manual, but then how you create the training outside of that. And then somebody asks a question, and I hear the Fran man's voice like, oh, "Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm one of the guys that writes those manuals, and I have a question." Because <laughs> they made a comment. <laughs> it was Catherine Monson, and she did, it wasn't being it wasn't malicious intent, but she made a comment of oh, the manual's not that important. Blah, blah. Yeah, nobody reads the manual. <laughs> nobody, nobody like, reads I think the manual. four of them in and that I thing. Go, well, said that. I'm the one who writes those manuals. <laughs> <laughs> but really, if you talk to anybody around the franchise community, uh, they usually know who Kit Benson is. You uh, uh, that's very nice of you to say. I don't know how accurate that is. But. Doug Groves has left a comment on here. He's watching. Welcome, Doug. We know your son Heath very well. We're supposed to be getting together and doing some insurance business. With Shout Mr. out to Doug Mr. if you're Groves. watching this, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for writing in. What's up, Brian Swiker? <laughs> just tuned in. What's up, Brian? All right, so we're going to jump into the next topic. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Kit and get oh, Kit's story on how he got is, into franchising. We got nothing else better. This is going to be the good about, part. We do that. We, <laughs> one, we want to know why, how you got the nickname, the Fran Man, but also like it, once you get into franchising, you realize when you go to the IFA, it's a really a small world. Franchising it, super and small. And once you get to know, uh, you know, somebody, you go to IFA again, you're going to see him again, and you'll have contact with him. So one, Kit, what's your story? How'd you get the Fran Man nickname, and just how'd you get in franchising? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, so the Fran Man comes or. Our, the original name of the company was Franchise Manuals LLC. And what company is that? Like, I don't think we've talked about what you do and all that. Good okay, stuff. so I am the president of a company called Franman Inc., and we produce franchise op- We produce world class franchise custom franchise operations manuals. Everybody doesn't like creating their own operations manuals. That's no the way. funnest part. Me and Robbie said, let's franchise because uh, we'll be able to write right. an operations manual. I was there yeah. when you were producing your manual. <laughs> I remember that. It, it got, it got kicked back to yeah. us because you didn't want to do it anymore. 
<laughs> because it's tedious work. It's a whipping. It's yeah. It is a whipping yeah. to do that. And uh, so we've got Gary Fieldson on our on our team, and he is a machine when he is it comes machine. to producing, producing operations manual. And so the operations manual is the how to do your business for dummies. It's it's everything. It's nuts and bolts. Everything from from pre-opening, from the time you sign the contract, literally, it's from the time you sign the contract till the time you open the doors for business and beyond. It's everything it has to encompass all of all of that stuff. So it's a pretty big document, and it covers a lot of things. And you have to make sure that you get all your system standards in place, which are system standards is a legal term, but basically what it means it's the rules that everyone has to play by if you want to be a member of our club. If you want to be a member of the Delta Life Fitness Club, you got to follow these rules. You got to wear this uniform. You got to this sign up, you got to do these exercises this way. And that's the system standard. And you got to make sure all those are included in your operations manual because the franchise agreement, which is that other tool that's in place to help you manage your, the direction of your, the, the direction of your brand. Um, that document is kind of this thou shouts and thou shout nots. It's a much higher level document, but it makes a lot of references to the operations manual. Sure. So an operations manual all by itself, is not is not a legal document but the minute you sign your first franchise agreement that makes a reference to this document it kind of sucks that document into the legal realm so now you have to, you have a document that you have to defend and and that will be used to help defend you so you, you want to make sure it's written properly and update unfortunately yeah you got to update <laughs> that thing so it's it's like a, it's like a snapshot it's like a photograph if i were to take a you, when you take a photograph of us right now, this is what we look like right now. But in five years, this is not what we're going to look like. I'm going to have a beard. My, some of my hair is going to be a little bit grayer. I'm going to have a few more laugh lines. And, and it's going to be, we're going to be very different. So we can't take a snapshot of your operations today as an operations manual and think that that's going to last us. Look at, look at my profile picture on Facebook and on that's me 10 years ago. <laughs> it's just not what I look like today. And, and so if I were to try to tell somebody, hey, go find this, this guy, they would probably be able to find me, but I would look very different. And we want to make sure that you maintain your operations manual. It is a, it is a living document. I hate to say that because it's so trite, but it's a living document. It's not, it's not a static document. You've got you've to maintain it. So for that reason, we have developed the online manual by Franman which is a web-based version like a Wikipedia where we take a company's operations manual and we make a giant website out of it. And we can track where people are going in the manual and we can, and we can provide that to the franchisee client, the franchisor client. They can do instant updates. They can search the manual. And, but the instant updates is the real, is the key to that where anybody, a franchisee can be sitting there trying to do something, go, Hey, that doesn't work. They log in and they go, Hey, corporate office, this is not working for us. Well, it's a great vehicle for communication to franchisor as to what's not working. Then franchisor authorizes us to fix it, and we fix it. You've got a manual production company managing your updates. and so That's pretty cool. Yeah. So one of the big problems with maintaining an operations manual is that over the years, you've got 10 different people contributing to the, up, to the operations manual. And it and ends up looking like a quilt. And where you've got one piece over here that's plaid and one piece <coughs> over here that's stripes and one piece over here that's a that's a that's a solid and and after 10 years you can see it's like oh my gosh 10 different people wrote this and and you end up with weird things in manuals uh, we the probably the worst case of 
Well, hang on one second. Well, yeah. like, so how how did you even like Robbie said? Like, how did you even <laughs> oh, get yeah. into? We're like, getting away from what there's, I was there's, sorry, there's, sorry, there's sorry, no way you woke up one morning and was like, no, I'm gonna no, write no, franchise no. manuals. No, how did you get so into franchising my, and why manuals? My brother, who is all, one of my partners in the business, Gary Fieldson, my brother Rob Benson is is my partner in the business, and he's a franchise attorney. And at that at that time, I was in sales. Oh. I was actually in sales for a radio station, and uh, and I had done lots of jobs before that, sales and marketing and operations and and uh so i was i would always try to i was calling him up hey rob what's going on and he says well i'm just sending a client out to find an operations manual and i said why don't you do that i had written operations manuals for startups i used to work for startups i like doing that and uh he says well i, just, I don't have time i said well, i've written manuals before you should do that because no i don't have the bandwidth and he's i said what are they charging these days and this is back in 2005 2004. he says oh about twenty five thousand dollars i said holy cow that's a lot of money i said we can I could do that for a lot less. He goes, okay, let's do it. And so we kind of spent about six months kind of hacking out an outline and kind of filling in some of those sections that are common to all manuals. And I said, well, the next time you need a client, I'm going to, I kept my job. The next time you need a client, let's, let's get that done. And, uh, he had about, I don't know, about six months later, he goes, all right, I got one. And, uh, and I, I took some time off, took two days off work and I drove up there and, and uh, did the site visit and we produced their manual. And it wasn't like two weeks later, we got our next client quit my job and we did it full time so the name of the company to get you every time i know i know so the name of the company originally was franchise manuals llc and when we sent our there used to be a company called worth 1000 worth 1000 i think it's called 99 designs now but uh oh yeah are you all familiar with that mm-hmm. where you would you you create a contest and and people from all over the world compete and so you put like a 300 prize on it and people in libya or wherever they don't 300 bucks is a ton for them and so they will design a logo for you. So you tell them what the name of your company is and what you do and what colors you want and all the things that you want. And then they, you'll get 50 different ideas of, of logos. And so the one that won was the one that took the Fran from franchise and the man from manual, but then they made pages like on the, on the M so that the logo looks like it's a book. The M on the logo looks like it's a book. And so franchise manuals LLC, our logo said Fran man. So everybody started calling us Fran man. So we, when we incorporated, we changed it from Franchise Manuals LLC to Fran Man Inc. Because okay. everyone was calling us Fran Man. And then you just took the nickname Fran Man? I don't even take the nickname. You give it <laughs> oh, to me. <laughs> you know what I am working on, though? I'm working on some on some uh, plush dolls, yeah. the superhero dolls, uh-huh. the, with, with the FM, the Fran Man. So and, at this know. point, you've looked at or written over 150 manuals, which sounds, yeah, yeah, that's sounds about right. intense. So, well, we you know, we've been doing it for, for almost 14 years now. Wow. And so we, you know, we've been, I tell people we, when we go on a site visit, we're not just, you know, they hire us to come out and produce their manuals. But while we're there, we're asking a lot of questions that, that they say, I don't know to. And I, I tell people, if I had a dime for every time someone said, I don't know to a question, I wouldn't have to write any more manuals because, because what you said earlier was absolutely right. Running a business, franchising a business is not the same as running a corporate owned business. So when I get there, I'm asking them questions. I'm I'm asking them to dig deep down into their into their business and 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 think about things they haven't they haven't they haven't thought of. Well, we've been intimately exposed to a lot of different franchise systems, not just pizza and not just burgers, but but recreational vehicle timeshare, indoor skydiving, you name it. I mean, weird things. Fitness, fitness, <laughs> Delta Life Fitness. And so we, I've been exposed to a lot of different things, not just passively exposed, but intimately exposed. And so while we're there. We're actually 
kind of guiding them and doing some consulting as well. But we don't call ourselves franchise consultants. We are there to document their franchise history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting, really seeing all those different models being really at an intimate level with the founders of those companies and seeing why <coughs> why do you start this business? Asking those questions. I'm sure that does have an interesting part of it. The manual's part, not so much, yeah. but and I, 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 I bet I, just I, doing all that research and makes sense for your Fran Man podcast. Like that's probably why your podcast, I give you a lot of crap, but your podcast gives me a lot of value. Like I we we've oh, rewritten yeah. a lot of our systems based on some of Thanks. your uh podcasts. That means a lot. And yeah. and I it makes more sense to me now after you've been and sat down with 150 franchisors and talked to them from yep. where you are, how'd you get here? How are we going to document this? I bet you have seen so much on what makes a successful franchise versus what's going to not set you up for success. Yeah. You know what? It's, I always think about the man in the arena. I don't know if you've ever. Oh, Teddy Roosevelt. You yeah. kidding me? It's like my favorite. I posted it like a week ago. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love that. So he was giving a speech in France and that was just a piece of it. But the, um, the man in the arena is the guy, you guys are the men in the, in the arena. I've never done what you guys do, so I can only go by what I've been exposed to, but there's value in being exposed to it. So I can't, I can't give that advice from someone who's actually done it, but I've talked to a lot of people who have, and I can mm -hmm. say, you know what, here's what I've seen work and here's what I've seen doesn't, but I don't suggest that I'm in the same yeah. arena that you guys are. Well, no, you are in the arena. You're a business owner. You're work for yourself mm -hmm. that has its own challenges and has its advantages and the disadvantages. So, uh, no matter what you're doing, if you're in that arena, that is the arena. <laughs> you ever thought about franchising, Fran Man? You know, I've, I've toyed <laughs> around with the idea, but Have I, can't, you really? I can't see where it makes sense because yeah. if we don't, it doesn't need, I don't need locations around the country. You'd have, a, you'd have a pretty good manual, I bet. I would. You know, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's the, the shoemaker, the cobbler's children are the ones, always Wait. the ones that don't have any shoes. I, interesting. I, don't, I don't have an operations manual. You see it right now, especially in the fitness world, a lot of fitness people going out and doing creating businesses around consulting fitness businesses um you talked about consulting franchise business the way to scale that what you've seen it be, might be an interesting pivot for you one day oh, might, that would be. it yeah. might uh, right now i just need to focus Gathering on growing the business yeah no absolutely you gotta you being uh zeroed in on one thing i think is always better than trying to dip your hands in the yeah we try to get, we try to at frame man we try to stick to our knitting our core competency and that's operations manual so every time you know we do get a lot of pull people say how come you don't do consulting how come you don't do this in marketing it. yeah or add add legal no, good for you for saying laser focus hedgehog it's, concept it's really hard good. so the only time we've we deviated is when we did the online manual but i but it's very easy for me to say you know what yeah. that's still manual related yeah absolutely and so we have we we have to like have two services where we, we need to talk to you more about manual. that <laughs> and then we actually, the online manual is more of a distribution and management of that manual. Derek Moss, formerly known as, or also known as Moss the Boss, owner right of there, two yeah. Dust Life Fitness Studios down south nice. of Texas, tuned in. Derek, what's going on? Mark Mangrum gives us a thumbs up. Brian Swiker reminded us, it is Mr. Marlowe's birthday today. Hey, happy he birthday. Is 33. Oh, happy yeah. birthday, Robbie. Happy thank you, birthday thank you. to you. Thanks, Brian, for throwing that out there. <laughs> I, I kind of I, I stiffed Brian this morning on our workout. I feel bad. I know. We well, we had a long day today, Brian. We didn't make it out to F3. As everybody who's following us knows, Robbie and I have been doing the F3, the Faith Fitness Fellowship. Yep. Uh, so we're not going to make it. We have to still squeeze in Stump the Chump. I don't know if we need to hit one more break. we got about nine minutes before we're <laughs> done, Ski. Do we want to roll right into Stump the Chump, or what do you got, Rob? Nine minutes left for the episode? I think so. Yep. We are 45 right now. All right. Well, I guess we can do Stump the Chump. We can go into that. We'll finish up, and then we'll can't not do Stump the Chump. It's everybody. It's a fan yeah. favorite. All right. All right. Well, I'm usually used to one more break, but I think we started a little late. So, um, basically, rules of Stump the Chump. Okay. <laughs> Kit, just realize that me or Josh have, 
has yet to win this game. So All if right. you lose to Josh, I'll be okay. Guys, I'm not going to talk there, to you anymore. There's the first time for everything. Uh, <laughs> but I'm comfortable losing. I'm comfortable. Basically, we we do eight questions. Uh-huh. You get four. Josh gets four. The Are they franchise related? They're franchise related. Okay. This one is actually going to be burger concept related. Oh, no. And nothing but, we haven't done a lot of burger joints. But nothing but burger joints. So we, right. we, we hit a little bit of Texas favorite. We hit a little bit of All the right. uh, water burger. Yeah, so okay, I go. eat a lot of burgers. I don't know if that, <laughs> I ate a burger last night. I don't know if that qualifies. So um, I'll read the rules real quick. So up the chub, we got Josh the Chaba Cherry. That's his F three name, and then we have Kit the Fran Man Vincent. That's, All right, uh, I'll take it in the, in the blue corner. <laughs> <laughs> of the rules, I will ask you each person four questions. You get one point for each the correct answer. If All you right. do not know the answer, the other participant will be allowed to steal your point. We don't have a buzzer. In the case of a tie, we will have a tiebreaker question. The okay. winner will. Win all the bragging rights and not have to wear the hat. I'm not sure if we have the hat. We, we gotta get. We, hat. Okay, We're gonna get a stump we have to jump. get a stump Can to we jump put at. the pin down so the first person to grab the pin? He'll gets, ask gets the question answer. to whoever, and you get okay, first Okay, okay. So we're not competing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Kit Vincent. The first question: Who won the World Series last year? <laughs> I have no idea. The, I'm not the sports guy. The baseball World Series. The Kit baseball Vincent. World Series. You're you're close to where it won at. It was the first know. time they won it. I don't know. What is the Houston? San Antonio. What is Houston what is Astros? There you go. Kit's got <laughs> one point. Oh my god! Did gosh. they really win? I don't I don't know anything about sports. Uh, we're, hey, I did, really like, don't. Dick, can you order some security to get out of the parking <laughs> yeah, lot? There's gonna be people here waiting to. Yeah, He's just, from I, Dallas. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, everybody. Even if the, I'm not sure that. Even if the Rangers would have won, I wouldn't have known. I'm confident that you're going to even. <laughs> you said look, this sports franchise. I set my game. Are you saying these are franchise related because there's a but sports the question? But usually like a toss up. Like no, an easy that's question. not like franchise everybody. related. God, why don't my you ask me a cooking question? My four-year-old son knows that question. <laughs> like, come on. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Bring it Josh, on. Josh, number next? two. In January 1998, in New York, they built the biggest what? Uh, in January of 1998. Yep, they, in New York, they built the biggest what? <laughs> um, they built the biggest uh, building, a uh, jam donut. <laughs> okay, jam donut. <laughs> oh, it's this close. How did you there. get that? I mean, my four-year-old son knows that. <laughs> Is it, I mean, who don't know that? I know. I mean, 98, we were all watching. Oh, oh, all right, that's funny. Yeah. Number three. I thought these were going to be real questions. This is, this is, this is, no, these, these go into real questions. <laughs> the first one's just the first two. Just to give you. Those were just lobs. Those yeah. are lobs. All right. So, number three. All what right. year was Whataburger founded? Ooh. It's a multiple choice. Okay. A, 1965. B, 1945. C, 1950. D, 1934. Now, I'm going to guess 1950. Ding, ding, ding. Kit got two points. Two zero. Ooh. So it started franchising or was created? No, nope. it was founded. When it was founded, because there are paintings are on the wall. You can yep. see them. There you go. And I actually ask. Her, I'm weird. I go in and I ask questions. All Tell right. Me, when was it founded? Kit wrote their manual in '53. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 uh, ouch. Uh, yep. Hey. Five five minutes. Five Hurry. minutes. Okay. Hurry, Number five four. Minutes. Josh, what was the first arguably fast food restaurant? Ooh, the very first. It was in 1921. 1921, the first fast food restaurant. Jeez. Um, hot dog on a stick. <laughs> Kit, you can steal. It wasn't hot dog on a stick. Oh, no. They made a movie about it. Oh, well, it, 1921? 1921. There's a, there's a comedy. Um, I don't know. I was going to guess White Castle or something. You're correct, Kit. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> 
All right. So this <laughs> really? Is, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Castle. Uh, Kit, this is for you. All right. And either one of y'all, this is going to be both y'all. So it's three to zero? Three zero. Is there any way he can even win now? So this one, this one's for both y'all. Who gets closest number? How many White Castles are in the U.S.? 650. That's too high. Anyway, I already, already buzzed in. 651. Oh, that's such a wimpy answer. It's uh, 420. <laughs> See? So, Kit. <laughs> Serves you right. Serves you right. Man, come on, White Castle. All right. Starting in 2011, White Castle has been the home to what show, Josh? Starting in 2011? It's been a home. It's been a home, not the home. A home to what show? Um, Harold and Kumar? Wrong. There's an actual sh- No, I have no idea. Impractical Jokers. Come on, guys. Okay, whatever. Impractical Jokers. That was Who's in charge of these questions? <laughs> Number seven. Is this another White Castle question? Hey, no, it's, it's a burger question. Okay. That's like, so it has a theme right, to it. All right. And then a jam donut. All right. So... <laughs> Baseball. In and out burger. Hey, hush. In and out burger first opened in LA suburb of Baldwin's County in what year? Oh, it's multiple choice. A, 1948. Mm-hmm. B, 1945. C, 1960. D, 1956. In and out burger opened what year? 60. Wrong. Oh, shoot. 48, 50, 60. And what's the other one? Uh, D, 1956. Uh, let's go with 56. Uh, it's A, 1948. All right. Dang it. I was way All right, guys. That was In N Out Burger? That was In N Out Burger. So here, Don't you know, the big question they just, they're about to open In N Out Burger in Stafford. So uh, it'd be the first one in Houston Air, I think. So you know, there's a water burger in and out thing. If, so, I had, uh, so I had to finish up with the water burger question. If Mike Jump is at, is listening to this, water burger is better than In and Out Burger. No, that's, no, that's no I agree. Go down on the record. I agree. So kid last, added that in the operations manual when he wrote it. <laughs> All right. Last question: First water burger was opened in what town or city? A. San Antonio. B. Corpus Christi. C. Houston. D. Dallas. Corpus Christi. Houston. It was, it was Corpus Christi. Dude, that's Man. their that's that was their headquarters yeah, before they yeah, moved to like, San Antonio. I, I was worried about them come Houston <laughs> Astros, but, but clean house from clean there house, on. Five zero. Well, I am All the right. chump reigning, so yeah, good good game. Boom, Kit the friend man, Vincent. How much time we got? We got two minutes. We, we got could, two minutes. We do. We can talk about all kinds of stuff. We, we clean up <laughs> two with minutes. Well, tell me how Delta Life Fitness is doing. Where's hey? Tell me. Tell me one. Th- give everybody that's listening right now. Like number one, I'm a franchise. I'm thinking about franchising. I got to. I got to start with an operations manual, and I don't have twenty five thousand because I haven't started yet. Like, what's my what's my first step really to start documenting this thing in two minutes or less? <laughs> oh gosh, in two minutes or less. I always tell people um, start with start with your map. Start with an outline. You know, go put your bucket list down. What is it that we need that we need to talk about? Go online. You can go to the Franman website, franman.net. You can get an outline. I'll give it to you, and it's an outline for a, for an operations manual that will help you put your bucket list together. Start there and build out from there. Don't try to. It's a. It's like eating. It's like eating an elephant. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. What's the minimum requirement? How do I know that? Okay, it's good There's enough. No I can, minimum I can start, requirement. I can start franchising. There's no minimum re- requirement. The Federal Trade Commission does not require from, from best practices. Yeah, but it doesn't require that yet that you have one. Now, are you going to be able to sell the idea of being a franchisee if you don't offer that as a support device? Okay. Well, maybe not. But um, you know, you want to you want to talk about pre-opening. That's everything from from the time they sign the contract to the time they open their doors. Important. Where phase. are we going to location, location, location? How do you build it out? Trade dress. You want to talk about operations. You want to talk about marketing. You want to talk about sales. You want to talk about HR. Uh, you got to be careful talking about HR because joint of employer, joint employer. Yeah. But you still you're taking people who may or may not have any business experience, and you want to you want to bring them into being a successful. You also want to before the franchise. Before that's all about vetting, making sure that you have people who are going to fit into your culture and who are going to be able to be successful. 
Kit, I know I, st I speak for me and Robbie both. Uh, a pleasure to have you drive all the way down from Dallas. I really mean that. We, yeah, no, absolutely. You, you've been a good mentor and, and friend of ours in the franchise community. I'm glad to have you down and on yeah. Texas Franchise Radio with us. I've enjoyed knowing you guys. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming and giving the value that you did. I wish we I, I could I could spend four more hours with you just picking your brain. I've got more to say. Maybe we can come uh, back around. Yeah, two. we'll have to do round <laughs> yeah, two. No, but absolutely. Kit, thanks for making the trip, man. Always a pleasure. Always learn a lot from me, you. Thanks I've for coming. It. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to Texas Franchise Radio, where we bring on all the local franchise experts. If you liked the show, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions you'd like answered live on the show, send them to at Texas Franchise Radio on Facebook. Till next time.